faith listener. Welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of John. Hello, faithful listeners. Today we are going to be discussing several things. We're going to be talking about Peter's denial of Christ. Then we're going to be talking about Jesus meeting Pontius Pilate and everything that happens there. So let's go ahead and read John chapter 18 and just jump right into this. I'm going to be reading verses 25 all the way to the end of the chapter, verse 40. Now I'm going to be reading out of the W.E.B. version, but of course, if you prefer a different version of the Bible, feel free to read out of that version. Also grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea, if for some reason you prefer tea over coffee. (laughs) I'm just teasing. I do like tea, but I'm teasing. (laughs) All right, let's actually read the Bible. I'm going to be reading John 18, 25 through 40. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They said therefore to him, You aren't also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, being a relative of him whose ear Peter had cut off, said, Didn't I see you in the garden with him? Peter therefore denied it again, and immediately the rooster crowed. They led Jesus therefore from Caiaphas into the praetorium. It was early, and they themselves didn't enter into the praetorium, that they might not be defiled, but might eat the Passover. Pilate therefore went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man weren't an evildoer, we wouldn't have delivered him up to you. Pilate therefore said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. Therefore the Jews said to him, It's illegal for us to put anyone to death, that the word of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spoke, signifying by what kind of death he should die. Pilate therefore entered again into the praetorium, called Jesus and said to him, Are you king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Do you say this by yourself or did others tell you about me? Pilate answered, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and your chief priests delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight that I wouldn't be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this reason I have been born, and for this reason I have come into the world, that I should testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? When he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no basis for a charge against him, but you have a custom that I should release someone to you at the Passover. Therefore, do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? Then they all shouted again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a robber. So on Tuesday, we talked about the first denial of Peter. Peter had denied Jesus to a young servant girl who had opened the door for him. Peter was like, no, I am definitely not one of Jesus's disciples because he was afraid. So now where we begin today, it says Simon Peter was standing and warming himself by the fire. And they said, therefore, to him, you aren't also one of his disciples, are you? So that's interesting that they say you aren't also one of his disciples because we know that there was another disciple there, like another disciple of Jesus. Potentially, it was John. Most people want to say it was John. Um, It might not have been, but it's possible that it was because John does seem to know a lot of what's going on with this entire trial. He was likely following Jesus around. We know that he was also at the cross with Jesus. 
John was one of the disciples that did kind of stick nearby Jesus and Peter sort of was trying to. But it sounds like here, like John was saying, yes, I am a disciple of Jesus. Because the people asked Peter, you aren't also one of Jesus's disciples, are you? So that means that they knew that another disciple was there in that courtyard with them, if that makes sense. But for some reason, Peter, I think out of just complete and total fear, he was just so fearful. He says, no, I am not. And on Tuesday, we talked about how Peter was, he was trying to be so brave. In spite of his fear, he was trying to be nearby Jesus. He was trying to follow Jesus, but he was relying on his own strength and his own strength was failing and fear was beginning to take over for Peter. And so he ends up denying Christ three times. So this is the second time he denies it. He says, no, I am not also one of Jesus's disciples. And then Peter actually gets caught. It says in verse 26, one of the servants of the high priest being a relative of him whose ear Peter had cut off said, didn't I see you in the garden with him? So yeah, this person that comes up to Peter is like, no, you're definitely a disciple because I saw you cut off the ear of my relative. And of course, everybody is protective of their relatives for the most part. So like, just think about it. Like if your brother or sister had their ear cut off by somebody, wouldn't you recognize the person who didn't? Wouldn't you realize who it was? So this person definitely knew that Peter was in the garden because Peter had cut off the ear of the servant. And this other man saw Peter do it and was protective of his relative that got the ear cut off and so remembered Peter's face. So maybe that's why John made the distinction that it was Peter that had cut off the ear when all the other gospels were like, we just are going to tell you that it's one of the disciples. We're not going to say it's Peter. And John's like, yep, it's definitely Peter. (laughs) And I, I guess I would guess it's specifically because of this conversation. It just gives the reader a little bit more understanding as to how somebody would have recognized Peter in the dark garden. So Peter denies it again, and immediately the rooster crowed. Now, what John doesn't mention is that Peter ran off crying at this point because he realized what he had done. Peter realized that he had just denied his Lord three times, just as Jesus said he would. And so Peter is distraught at this point to the point of like just complete weeping for hours and hours at a time. Peter hears the rooster crows, remembers Jesus's words and runs out of there crying because of his denial of his Lord. So this means that the other disciple was left alone in the outer courtyard. So they led Jesus, therefore, from Caiaphas into the praetorium. So what's going on here is that they first gave Jesus bound to Annas, who was Caiaphas's father-in-law. And Annas was the one who really like pulled the strings of the high priest. Caiaphas was supposed to be the high priest. Annas, his father-in-law, was the one who was truly in charge. So they bring, of course, Jesus to Annas first. That was like the first kind of nighttime trial that ends up happening. Then Annas has nothing more to say to Jesus. So then they send him to Caiaphas, who was the, the real high priest. John doesn't mention that two trials end up happening at Caiaphas's house. The first trial was the illegal trial, and the second trial was the official trial with the Sanhedrin. 
So Jesus has now been to three trials. And at all three trials, the priests and the high priests and the Sanhedrin and whoever else was there was having a really hard time finding anything on Jesus to convict him of death, basically. They couldn't find anything. So they're bringing like false witnesses forward to try to convict Jesus of this and that and the other thing. Then finally, they find two false witnesses that are willing to say that Jesus said you don't have to pay your taxes to Caesar. Okay, so this is what the priests are going to go on. They're going to be like, okay, Jesus said that you shouldn't pay taxes to Caesar, even though it's not what Jesus said at all. They totally twisted it. And it's recorded in scripture what Jesus actually said about that. But anyway, this is what the the high priests are going to go on. They're going to say Jesus is a, a rebel against Rome. So they take Jesus from these three trials he had just been in a span of like 12 hours and they take him very early in the morning to Pilate. And so this is really funny right here. And I, I think John did this purposefully. I'm not even joking. I think he said this to make fun of the Pharisees. OK, it was early and they themselves didn't enter into the praetorium that they might not be defiled, but might eat the Passover. And John is just showing how absolutely ridiculous all of this is because they're literally putting their Yahweh to death. Jesus is Yahweh. Jesus is the I am. Yahweh is who the Pharisees worshipped or said they worshipped, but yet they're putting Yahweh to death. And so John is saying, oh, but they couldn't enter the praetorium, you know, because they still wanted to eat the Passover meals. And, you know, Passover was a week-long celebration. Well, not really a celebration, but a week-long holiday where the Israelites would eat the Passover supper every single night. So because it was during Passover, the Pharisees couldn't enter into the praetorium because the praetorium was Roman. And they believed that, you know, if they entered into the house of a Roman individual or somebody who is a Gentile, they would be defiled. So because they didn't want to be defiled and they still wanted to eat the Passover supper that night, they couldn't enter into the praetorium. So Pontius Pilate comes out to them. He doesn't force them to come in. He comes out to them. And so he says, okay, what accusation do you bring against this man? Now, Pontius Pilate, I've gone into depth with this before in the other gospels. He was kind of a mean guy. He was not very nice. It's actually stated in the Bible that he just randomly like stabbed a whole bunch of people to death that were going to sacrifice to God. This is the kind of person that Pontius Pilate was. And historically, he was not a nice guy. He would just put people to death left and right without any real cases, without any real court session. And he actually married a prominent girl who I believe was related in some way to Caesar Augustus. So Pontius Pilate had some fame because of that. And probably that's why he was able to be a governor of this region. But Pilate was not a nice guy. And he had had multiple riots on his hands before. I think he would purposefully kind of poke at the Jewish people. Like he would put like Caesar's like logo or whatever on like every street corner so that the Jewish people would have to see it and stuff. And he would just and it was it was very cruel, like what Pontius Pilate did to the to the Jewish people. But he would just pick at them and he was very cruel to them. And yeah, he ended up stabbing the community of people that went to go sacrifice to Yahweh. So Pilate 
historically not a very nice guy. So the Jews go to Pilate to try to get Jesus killed. They figure that, you know, Jesus has the best chance of being killed if they take him to Pontius Pilate, since Pontius Pilate was known to not be very nice. And Pilate says, what accusation do you bring against this man? And they say, well, you know, if he wasn't an evildoer, we wouldn't have delivered him up to you. So they have really no response to Pilate. And we know from other gospels that Pilate was actually pretty mean to these Jewish elders and was just like, okay, I don't want anything to do with this. Like, figure it out yourself. That's kind of what is stated here, actually. Figure it out yourself unless you can, you know, find a charge on this man. I'm not even dealing with this. So eventually the the Pharisees do find a charge against Jesus with the taxes thing. And they say, oh, you know, Jesus is a rebel. He says he's king. He says that you shouldn't pay taxes to Caesar. And so he's going to cause like an insurrection against Rome, basically. So that's the charge they bring to Jesus. So, of course, this is going to pique Pontius Pilate's interest because ultimately Pontius Pilate is trying to protect Rome above all else, basically. So he puts Jesus to trial. He enters into the praetorium. He called in Jesus and he said to him, are you king of the Jews? So people could go into the praetorium and listen to what was going on. The Jews didn't want to go in because it was Passover. They didn't want to be defiled. Um, but the disciple that was following Jesus around, whether it was John or someone else, likely did enter into the praetorium because they were allowed to. And also maybe that's how John got some of his information on what happened to Jesus in the praetorium. So Pilate tells Jesus or asks Jesus, are you king of the Jews? And Jesus answers him, do you say this by yourself or did others tell you this about me? And Pilate's like, I'm not a Jew. Okay, your people are the ones who brought you to me. So, of course, I heard it from them. What have you done for them to to betray you like this? So Jesus answers. He doesn't even give Pontius Pilate a direct answer here. And we know that Jesus purposefully remained silent because that was prophesied about in Scripture, that Jesus was like a lamb going to the slaughter. And lambs don't talk. You know, lambs quietly go along to the slaughter. And Jesus was the lamb. So Jesus didn't really answer a whole lot. And he certainly didn't testify about himself because if he would have, he likely would have been let go by somebody, whether it was Pontius Pilate or Herod or I don't know, anybody else. Jesus could have testified about himself, but he chose not to. So Jesus does not answer Pontius Pilate's question. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight that I wouldn't be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. So this is just logical. You know, Jesus's servants weren't fighting. Jesus purposefully said to Peter, put your sword down and healed that ear of the high priest's servant. And so Jesus's disciples were not fighting. And Jesus never called for his disciples to fight like at all. So he says, look, Pontius Pilate, you don't see my, my followers fighting. My kingdom's not of this world. So now Pontius Pilate's kind of like, okay, are you a king then? And Jesus says, yeah, I, you say that I'm a king. I am in fact a king. For this reason, I have been born 
And for this reason, I have come into the world that I should testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. So basically, Jesus says, I am the king of the truth. So Pilate says to him, what's truth? Okay. And you can just hear the amount of like sarcasm going on with Pontius Pilate's voice. You can just hear it in the words that are written here. What is truth? And so if you think about this, you know, Jesus says he's the king of truth. It says everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. So I do not think that Pontius Pilate is saying that truth doesn't exist here. A lot of people have made that distinction, like Pontius Pilate is like asking, what is truth? Because it's so common nowadays for people to be like, oh, that's my truth. You know, this is my truth. That's your truth. You know, there's no real truth. Everybody has their own truth. Okay, and that's just completely stupid. However, I don't exactly think that's what Pontius Pilate is asking here. Because Jesus says, everyone who is of the truth listens to to my voice and that Jesus is going to testify about the truth. I think that Pontius Pilate, when he asks what is truth, is more asking who is God? Now we know that the Romans adopted so many different gods and didn't have like any specific one God. They had like tons of gods and they would adopt gods, I think from like other cultures and stuff. So like if Rome went in and like took over a region, Whatever gods that region had, Rome would actually take them for themselves and force the people to worship all Roman gods. But they would let the people of that region also worship their own gods as long as they worshiped other Roman gods as well, if that makes sense. This is kind of why Rome and Israel hated each other so much. Because Rome tried to do that with Israel and Israel wasn't having it because they worshiped one god They were monotheistic. They worshiped Yahweh. So Pontius Pilate basically kind of living in this region. And I would guess hearing about Yahweh quite a bit asks Jesus, what is truth? Because Jesus is testifying of the truth to Pontius Pilate. This would, I think, sound like a deity. That's just my own personal opinion, though, as to why Pilate says to him, what is truth? So he doesn't wait for the response, though. He just leaves. When when he had said this, he goes out again to the Jews and says to them, I find no basis for a charge against him. So Pontius Pilate got what he wanted out of Jesus. He was probably like, "Okay, this guy is no threat to me. This guy is no threat to Rome. He's just a religious zealot is probably what Pontius Pilate was thinking. He was thinking, okay, Jesus is a religious nut that is talking about this deity truth, and I don't really care about him. And as you can see, Pontius Pilate didn't really care about uh, religion. He just did not care. Even this small little section, if this is all we knew about Pilate, you can see that he didn't even force the Jewish Pharisees to come into the praetorium. He allowed himself to go out to them. He didn't uh, care so much about their religion, really. All he cared about was making sure Rome was safe. So he didn't care about religion. So he goes outside. I find no basis for a charge against him. Now, we also know that Pontius Pilate was bright enough to figure out that the Jewish leaders didn't like Jesus because they were jealous of him. 
Pontius Pilate probably thought that this was just a religious uh, war going on between Jesus and the Pharisees. And so he figured out that because the people liked Jesus, the Pharisees were very jealous because of that. So Pontius Pilate figured that out, and uh, that's stated also in Scripture. So Pilate figured it out, still wanted to release Jesus, but the Pharisees were giving him a whole lot of pressure. Pontius Pilate had actually already had several problems going on at this point in time with the Jewish leaders. He wanted to kind of appease them a little bit because he had already had several riots on his hand and likely didn't want another one. So he was caving a bit to social pressures from the Jewish community, which is likely why he did not release Jesus in spite of the Pharisees. So he says, I got an idea. You guys have a custom that I should release somebody to you at the Passover. Therefore, do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? But they all shouted, saying, not this man, but Barabbas. And Barabbas was a robber. So Barabbas was not a nice guy. But Pilate is trying to find a way to release Jesus. So he tries to use this custom that he had given the people uh, every Passover that he would release a prisoner to them. So he says, "Okay, would you prefer the king of the Jews or Barabbas? And so the people, with the aid of the Pharisees, scream out, we want you to release Barabbas, not this man. And the way John ends this chapter is by saying, Barabbas was a robber. They, the people rejected their king and chose a sinful man instead. But of course, all of this was lining up perfectly for Jesus to forgive the sins of every single human being on earth. Jesus was 100% innocent. Even these thousand trials that Jesus has gone to already, nobody could find anything on him. They had to bring in false witnesses. So Jesus was totally 100% innocent to the point where even Pontius Pilate, a mean old guy, wanted to release Jesus because there is no reason to put him to death. And even Pontius Pilate knew that. But Jesus knew that this was going to happen to him. This was what he came down to earth for. He came down to earth to spread the truth, to be the king of truth, to give forgiveness to the world so that anybody who chose to receive that forgiveness could also understand and have the truth. Now, in today's day and age, truth doesn't really mean anything. Like I was talking about earlier, everybody's like, oh, that's my truth. So such a stupid term. Like, just stop using it. There's no such thing as my truth. There is truth. That's it. It's either the truth or it's a lie. Oh, that just heats me up so much. I can't stand when people use that. But we need to hold fast to the truth as Christians. And the truth is God's word. And the Holy Spirit helps us understand the truth. So anyway, friends and faithful listeners, live in that truth because where the spirit of the Lord is, where the spirit of truth is, there is freedom. When you understand the truth, you have freedom. So live in that truth. Anyway, friends and faithful listeners, I will see you all tomorrow. We're going to discuss Joshua chapter eight and the battle of AI. Not to be confused with uh, artificial intelligence, the, c- <laughs> the city of AI. That's just the name of a city and Joshua and his 
the Israelites are going to go battle the city of Ai. So we're going to talk about that tomorrow. So please tune in then, 6 a.m. or whenever you choose to wake up. Faithful listeners, have a fantastic Thursday. Happy listening, and God bless.